what is up everyone welcome back to our brand new streaming channel on clapback sports how oh wait that's right we're no longer clapback we are now the giants report so making the move over to youtube we are also rebranding ourselves changing the name bringing you the giants report so that is new but as always i'm joined by my co-host Murph, say what's up to the people, Murph. What's up, my people? Nice and refreshed. It's been a nice vacation off and uh, ready to jump back into this thing. You've been trying to get me on this YouTube machine for uh, probably like two years now, Mage. So I'm, I'm excited to finally jump into it and uh, you know, kind of focus on the Giants like we've always kind of wanted to. Yeah, me and CGF were supposed to be the boomers of the group, but um, yeah, we finally got you on board, so. I appreciate you joining us over YouTube here. YouTube machine, man. Uh, I don't really like the hat that you're wearing, but I guess we could save that for another episode. CGF likes my hat, so I'm not really worried about it. I'm not but saying... didn't you say prior to this, make sure that you're wearing Giants brand apparel and here you come with the CGF, I said New York themed apparel. No, you told me not to wear any Mets stuff. Well, <laughs> they don't represent New York, so I mean... I'm... <laughs> They don't represent, you know, uh, streams not even what two minutes in. I already want to kill you. I can go What's up, real CGF? Easy How are you? What's up, Mage? What's up, Murph? It's been a while. It's been, I feel like, uh, a year since we had one of our uh, our podcasts. It's, I, I went all the way to Maine and back. You know, I went on vacation, I, I played some basketball, I, I figured out how old I am because I didn't do very well, had some lobster roll in Maine. Um, didn't get any speeding tickets, so I'm just glad that training camp's starting and we could talk about some Giants football. Yeah, that's right. And also, too, um, the Giants announced that they are throwing the or uh, wearing the throwbacks this year, twice this year. So I have to go with a throwback myself. Uh, throwing it back to the '80s here with this baseball cap. So yeah, or, I love the Giants. I, I honestly, I can tell you, I love that Giants helmet right there. And I am glad. I wish it was every game they were wearing that helmet. But, you oh, know, so right, I, man. I mean, we get the Washington game and we also get the Bears game, which I'm going to coincidentally, which I'm very excited about. So I think maybe if it works out well this year, maybe they'll decide to make a complete change on it. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like the um, the new brass is listening to the fans. So that's a good sign. Yeah, well, I think everybody was allowed an alternate uniform this year. I think, Murph, we were talking about that. So well, alternate I'm, helmet, yeah. I, I'm glad that they went with the throwbacks. I love it. I uh, Personally, I hated it when they switched to the NY. I thought it was old. I thought it was boring. People, you know, said there was a throwback to the old Giant. I, I don't care. Like, your, your name literally is in the New York Giants. Everybody knows where you play, even though they play in New Jersey. I mean, but, most of us contemporary think that and why you think of the 1970s, you know, all the losing. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, we won two Super Bowls with the NY helmet, but, you know, last 10 years haven't really been that great. We also won two Super Bowls with the uh, word mark. So, yeah. You know, so, so two for two. Time to bring the word mark back. I'm glad that they did. I mean, <laughs> we knew it was coming, man. I mean, they were shooting up that merchandise last year slowly to the staff and the team, you slowly saw people wearing it. Obviously, Judge was wearing it all the time, but 
I'm excited for it. I'm jealous that Dallas got to get three helmets. I don't know if anybody else realized that. Well, they're America's team. I guess they get an extra helmet. I don't. I mean, I mean, I I, I don't think. I mean, it's not going to change anything. They haven't won anything since 1995. So I'll, always you know, they have in the 36 rules. helmets. You know, they're still going to lose. That's so. right. <laughs> yeah, well, I saw the meme that uh, what J Lo has six rings and Dallas Cowboys have none since like uh, was it ninety five or ninety six something like that. Yeah, I mean it's been uh, like two generations. It's you know, and Jerry was talking today. I was I was clicking through the different sports channels across the country, and Jerry was talking today about how much faith he has, you know, in um, McCarthy. And I'm saying, you really, sh- if you're starting training camp and you have to have that conversation, that's not a good sign. So <laughs> I don't well I'm looking forward to more than anything I'm looking forward to his regime change. Yes, I was a big pro Joe Judge guy. I, you know, uh, I I I fell for it. Let's just play it that way. I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush. I fell for Joe Judge's uh toughness. I liked what he brought. I thought he was a well speaker. I think a lot of Giants fans fell for it, but I'm really excited, man. Uh I think if you want to call me a boomer, here's where I am a boomer. I'm excited because I'm catching up to the age in the NFL, the passing showdown. This is a passing league, man. So you bring in Brian Dable from the Buffalo Bills. Then you bring in Mike Kafka, who's going to be the offensive coordinator for the Giants, coming over from the Kansas City Chiefs, learning under Andy Reid, both coming from really good offensive systems. That's what I'm looking for. Honestly, this year I'm probably most worried about the defense. Yeah, just because we saw what Wink Martindale did, or where his defense is ranked without an actual secondary, there's nothing right now that tells you that I feel pretty good about the Giants' secondary. Well, no, I, I mean, mean, if we're gonna let's be real, I mean, the defense was a strong suit of our our team last year. If you don't want to talk about any strengths, I mean, defense is probably going to regress. Mage, like we've said, kind of this whole off season, just behind closed doors. Like we can't expect them to be a top 20 defense again. I mean, there's going to be a lot of transition and a lot of learning and there's going to be a lot of growing pains. Yeah. I mean, I read a Steve Serby article today with an interview with Xavier McKinney and it was actually pretty eye opening. The big question I have is how much the last two seasons was it the coaching staff affecting both the offense and the defense? Because during that, that Q&A with Serby, it seemed like McKinney was saying that it seemed like they were afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, with any side of the ball, offense, defense, you want to have that level of aggression. And if you're afraid to make mistakes, you're not going to play well. It's like you go out on the basketball court and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to make a mistake and you're going to make a mistake. So um, the interview that that I read basically said that a lot of the players were saying that they felt like they that the coaching staff, the last regime really wasn't listening. For example, if they were hurting or if they were, they had some soreness, they would listen, but they really wouldn't change their training, you know, regimen for, you know, the practice. Well, the changes with this new regime with Dayball is that, you know, McKinley McKinney said that he feels comfortable going to Dayball and saying, Hey, you know, we're all a bit sore. Can we have it a little bit, you know, take it a little easy on us. And, and apparently that's, that's, been happening so that's a good sign and hopefully that will lead to less injuries and maybe some more cohesive play on both sides of the offense and defense i forgot who brought it up but you know there's two sides to that one uh 
Murph, maybe you might know. I forgot who brought this up. I mean, they said, how tired could they possibly be right now? <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, they haven't really done anything. They haven't put pads on yet. It, like, I, I mean, why is McKinney talking about being tired to coaches? I guess he's talking about OTAs. I, I mean, I don't know how much, how much. I mean, OTAs, I, I, it's not like training. I, I mean, I'm not no, going to lie. That, that whole McKinney interview was interesting um, in both the sense that he's feeling, obviously, the new staff and he, he's loving it. But, I mean, wasn't – I hate to bring up and, for, and go back in the past, but, like, wasn't the whole thing that he was handpicked Joe Judge pick? Alabama guy knew him already. Like, so it's, it's very interesting for him to say that. Um, I know. But the other thing, which I found interesting about that though, too, is one issue that's been a thorn in the giant side have been injuries. Talk to fans out there, check social media. They're already freaking out about certain players being on the pup. So the one thing I do like about that is he's listening to the guys, right? Listen yeah. to the players, see how they're feeling. If you are putting them through too rigorous of a you know a, a, a camp or practice or whatever, listen to them. Right? I, I mean, as athletes growing up, they always told you listen to your body. Obviously, we knew what that meant because if if you didn't play, <laughs> right? Exactly. So if you didn't play, you didn't get the opportunities. So we may have said we were fine, even though we weren't. But a lot of times they coach that it, they said, listen to your body, right? If you're ailing, let us know. So that this way we can make sure that we get, take good care of you. And I like that approach because this team has been bitten by the injury bug so many times. And you can blame it on the turf. You could blame it on the field. But, hey, look, practice goes into that as well, man. So I do like that it, the players feel comfortable enough to go to this coaching staff. And to voice to them how they're feeling. So yeah, I, I do think that is a positive that I take away from that McKinney interview. No, I, I I agree, and I think you know being a Gen Xer or whatever you want to call me, my strategy when back in the day when I played lacrosse was you know the coach told me to run laps, I was going to run laps, I was going to complain about it. But you got to understand these players are all they're different than what was past generations. It's not. Uh, Mike Dick uh, sitting on a golf cart smoking a stogie and drinking a beer anymore and and Buddy Ryan telling people to go run a half a marathon you know I think I think that Joe Judge like I liked him as well like I initially liked him but my biggest concern as I watched him and I we went through this like last season towards the end of last season was I felt like he was putting on an act like he was a very good actor very good at times of talking a lot of you know supportives or whatever and but at the end of the day he really wasn't listening to his players and at the end that's what you got to do you got to listen to players i mean i think even going back to judge like the whole thing was he was running it like a boot camp right like that's so now we're transitioning from boot camp to players coach i mean i'm pretty sure that we can all agree that that dabs is or dabs is is a players coach i mean it's it's come out of multiple players' mouths, so it, it's a hundred percent a different atmosphere. I mean, they're bringing the damn ping pong tables back, bro. He's going to Rangers games. Him and Shane. Yeah, and, and I love games. it. He's I love spreading it. around the towels, you know. I love I mean. it, but like, I think it's also responsible as, as fans of the Giants to like be cautious. I mean, we're, we can all be cautious. I don't think that's unfair this time. We we definitely all fell for it. 
we've been down this road before over the last, you know, six, seven years, you know, it started with McAdoo. Everyone loved his slick back hair. And after that 2016 season, everyone thought he was going to be the next um, Bill Walsh incarnation. He turned out the flop. And then we had Pat Shermer, which I think at the beginning we were kind of okay with, but then that didn't work out. And obviously with judge, we were, we all were giving them parades and people were doing laps around MetLife's parking lot. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think for us, Let's just be cautiously optimistic. Let's just hope that we can go forward into the regular season without too many issues. You kind of cut out there at the end. but No, I just said let's just hopefully we can go into training camp without too many issues. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, One thing I have to uh, disagree with you on, though, I was not okay with that, Pat Shermer hiring um they waited way too long yeah and you know he was like the last that was left and only reason why people felt okay with it is because of what he did in minnesota that year so that's kind of how i feel about mcadoo though and and the mcadoo thing is kind of crazy too i mean i don't know looking back bro it's it's pretty pathetic i wasn't i was not a fan of one thing is that we only made him a head coach to keep him away from philly you, Dude, yeah. like we we panic, man. We are a panic organization. I don't I don't even think we want to go down this rabbit hole. But like, yeah, oh, a lot of the things we've done in the past three coaching staffs is fucking strange. Strange. All I'll say is when McAdoo showed up at the introductory presser with the big, you know, the 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 the, the big, you know, in the movie Big, where the suit's too too big. I was like, this is not going to work out. I mean, the guy can't show up at his introductory presser dressed right. It is going to be an issue. And you know, at first it didn't look like that, but then it just the wheels came off. So let's just see what happens. I, I don't. I won't. I'm cautiously optimistic right now. You know, I was going to use that wheels came off reference um, to his Mets Yankees game, but I'm not going to jinx it like Murph did because Murph texted me and Tino gloating about the two home runs. And right now it's a bottom of the third and Mets have a 4 2 lead. So. But did I send the eye emojis when, when Starling went yard? I don't know because I, I did, did block you. See, I did you fucking ignore that part. No, because I did block you. I blocked you temporarily. Yeah, whatever, man. You know, you know, I don't believe in the Yankees full way. We're not even, we're the Giants shit, right? We're not better than that. <laughs> yeah, we are, but absolutely. This is a Subway series. You are wearing a Yankees hat, my friend, so. I mean, do you want me to, like, go into my Yankees tangent, man? Like, I really don't want to do this whole soda. Not thing. really. I mean, there's nobody here right now. <laughs> fuck, no we're, fuck Juan Soto. We're not getting Juan Soto. It needs to end right now. I don't want Juan Soto. I, I want to CGF's a smart Yankees fan. But. I want to different. Soto, You're a Mets fan. We're not not same combo, man. The more, the more I thought about it, I don't. We got too many needs. Yeah. So, and then you're gonna have to give up everything just to get a power bat. I, I I mean, look at the Yankees. What are the Yankees gonna do? Add in another power bat? They already have Stan. They already have Judge. I like it makes no well, sense. Well, do they have Stan? Wow. Damn it, Nage. You're They're becoming like the 1980 Yankees. Do they have Stanton? Stanton out for the year now? Because, like, this is the norm. Here we no. go. We won MVP. My point is, though, I, I think that you can find power bats. Um, I don't think yeah, you can trade the entire farm system for one. So Totally agree. Totally. Um, so, Giants made some moves. Yes, let's transition back to football. CGF, why don't you run through some of these uh, 
pre-camp signings that uh, occurred with the New York Giants? Sure. Uh, Giants brought back Andrew Adams. Uh, he was on the Giants in 16 and 17. After that, he went off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl with them. Um, they also made some other moves. They brought in a defensive lineman, Nick Williams. Uh, and then also they brought in Marcus Kemp, who's a wide receiver and an offensive tackle. And I'm probably going to butcher this name, Camille Seymour. So, but with that, they had to release some players. They released defensive back Henry Black, uh, defensive tackle Jabari Ellis, who some people thought was going to make the team, uh, wide receiver Travis Tolan, and uh, defensive back Marcus Canaday, which um, talking Giants guys were really thinking that um, he was going to push for a spot uh, as a cornerback on the team. But unfortunately, he didn't make it. So those were the big moves that were back, though. So, yeah. That that D lineman that you mentioned wasn't he a wink guy? Uh, no, you're thinking of um Larry. Jelly, I know Jelly is, but was Ellis? No, Nick Nick Williams. Well, he was an undrafted free agent, Jabari. Yeah, is he, I think he was the um, undrafted free agent. Um, Nick I Williams didn't guy, they cut he was around for a bit. He was on um uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Miami, and Detroit recently for two years. Nick so, Williams has good XP, man. He's he started. I I think. Bren Walsh told us earlier, 20 games in the last two years? or Yeah. They need um, depth. You know, I well, think that, that's one yeah. thing. They need depth on the interior of the defensive line. I was saying the same thing earlier to the, the rest of the guys. I, I mean, after after Dexy, Jelly, and, and uh, Leo, I mean, what else do we have, really? I mean, let's look at our first three, four games. I mean, we have Derek Henry. We got Zeke. We have McCaffrey. I mean, it's – like I, I think we talked about this earlier, you know, those top first four games are going to be really important games. And if you're having Derrick Henry run up the middle for 150 yards and three touchdowns, I mean, that's not going to really work really well. So I think I think they're going to try to plug in place, place people who they feel that could help improve the team. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of these little moves before the start of the season. I'm all about it, though. Uh, again, Judge was good at that, and that was something that the rest of the staffs weren't good at is playing the waiver wire. So, I mean, I'm all about bringing in guys and seeing, giving them a shot. Um, yeah. And then uh, Mage talked a little bit about the, the PUP list. Um, no real surprises on there. The good thing that was it seemed like there wasn't that many injuries. You know, there was um, Sterling Shepard, Nick Gates, and um, Matt Pert, which you expected because they all are coming off of significant injuries and then it was on the nfi list which is not able to perform and that's the big one aziz Ojalari. and apparently he he tweaked something last week they're not they're saying that it's not like serious but um you know we'll see what happens said it was a hamstring of or, or something but you know at this point you just hope that the giants can make it through training camp without any major you know injuries did you guys see shep running routes major on mute the Giants aren't the only ones. I mean, Joe Burrow had an uh, apodectomy today. Um, who else? Mika Fitzpatrick hurt his wrist riding a bike. Oh, geez. So, uh, yeah, looked, the Giants aren't the only one. It happens in the offseason. Shep looked crisp in his videos running around stuff. I'll, I'll give him that. He he did look yeah, I was surprised a lot better than it, I thought. Uh, Shep was an Achilles, right? Yeah, and he yeah. looked damn good. And, and honestly, guys, it's – Shocking to me that Blake is not on there. I mean, Blake's not I, on I, there. 100% expected him to be on there. Who was the yeah, second yeah. one, CG? Uh, Lemieux. You know, Lemieux had a pretty 
serious injury. And even Daniel Jones. Yeah. Talk about Daniel Jones. I mean, Lemieux was practicing though at uh, yeah OTAs. So I mean, it's 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 promising to me that there isn't this plethora like usual years, previous years of people on the pop. So it's a good start. All right. So let's continue then. Uh, so camp opened up today. There was no practice, however. First practice will be tomorrow. Um, so our next stream will probably be next Tuesday. But what are some key position battles that you're going to look out for, CGF? Well, I would say that one of the big ones is wide receiver because it. you look at Wandell Robinson coming in. I mean, a lot of us don't, even, don't really know what to expect you know he he played very well at kentucky he he could come in here and be a weapon right out the bat i don't know how how fast he's going to get acclimated to the offense but you know you look at wandell you got tony you have galladay who obviously can only go up from his performance last year if he can stay healthy and then you have shepherd coming back which you know all intents and purposes it seems like he's doing pretty well right now so you know, and then you have the big question mark in Darius Slayton. Is Darius Slayton going to be traded? Are they going to send him to the to the Bears or the Ravens? Or are they going to try to, you know, keep him around? And then, you know, there's some other players, you know, some people like Keelan Doss who are probably won't make the team, but there are a lot of players that came in that are going to be vying for the bottom roster spots. So what do you guys think? Do you think the wide receiver position is a position where there's going to be a lot of competition, especially towards the bottom? Not for me, because, I mean, we don't really have a whole lot of uh, wide – you know, like, if you were talking about a crowded wide receiver room, you got to look at a place like Tampa Bay, who just added Julio Jones to their wide receiver room. The Giants, I don't think, necessarily have a – I mean, I think if we had to guess a depth chart today, I think we could do it, right? So yeah. it's going to be Kenny Galladay. It's going to be Kadarius Toney. And then Shep, if he's healthy, he's going to start over Wondell Robinson. Wondell will probably be that fourth, you know, on that depth chart, along with Slayton. Richie James is probably more of a special teamer than he is anything else. He'll probably handle uh, return responsibilities. I don't know. Outside of Colin that. Johnson. I, you got Colin who? Johnson. Colin Johnson's Johnson, too. Uh, again, if he doesn't get cut, I, I mean. it's that last spot, in my opinion. I, uh, right now, we have. Right, I mean, there's a bunch of people. So, I mean, with Wandell, you mentioned Wandell. I mean, I hate doing this because we all do it, but, like, I just – I go back to the Bills and I think Gabriel Davis. They acclimated him nicely as a rookie. He had, I believe, at least five TDs as a rookie. Um, but he didn't play a lot. He just played in situational roles. And then last year they kind of started letting him have a longer leash, and then now he's a bona fide starter going into year three. So, for me, I kind of see that with Wandell. Um Tony's going to be the outside guy, and the guy that's going to spread the field, in my opinion, is going to be Wando. And I do think they have big plans for Wando. Um, I just, I'm, I'm kind of with you. We'll see. Maybe they acclimate him quick because of shortage. But again, I guess it comes down to like what they need. If they need him to step up earlier, then I think they'll give him that shot over Keelan Dawson. Like we have nothing to lose, man. So, yeah, for me, honestly, one of the position battles that I'm really looking at. It's probably linebacker. I, I I think if anything, there's more mystery there than 
I'd say almost any other position. Maybe throw secondary in there too, but I'll leave that up to Murph to talk about the secondary then. But again, are we going to be a a a three four? If so, right, then we could probably say that uh, Thibodeau and Aziz are going to start at the outside linebacker position. Then the question is, who's starting in that in, in that three man front? Right. I mean, is it going to be Leo? Is Dexter going to play the end? And yeah, you talked about bringing in Nick Williams. Is Nick Williams going to play the nose? And then, and then, if you go to a three-four, who's playing inside next to Blake? I mean, probably Crowder. I mean, that. And and I don't know, man. I I don't know. I mean, maybe one of the guys they drafted. Maybe. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, if I had to take a shot now, I would say, or my guess. Let me put it that way. I'm probably going with Michael McFadden. So I kind of agreed with you, maybe early on with McFadden, but I see McFadden be the being the number. I see him him and Tay kind of splitting that number three role. Eventually, not week one, but dude, I'm telling y'all, Beavers is gonna be our guy. I, I, no, I'm t- I, McFadden is the most athletic linebacker that we, that we probably have that could probably play in the middle of the field. He's but he's like the rest of them. He's an they all have the same problem. He's an all ball linebacker that can blitz. You need somebody in this defense that can be able to disguise coverages with Wink. I so agree. It, so that this way he looks like he's going to blitz, but then he can drop back in coverage, cover a tight end coming over the middle on the drag route, et cetera. You need guys that can disguise that. I'm sorry. I don't think Tay Crowder has that. Uh, no, Tay's done. I, I mean, mean I, I, I think Tay's He done. shouldn't be starting. I mean, if you want no. my opinion, he shouldn't be starting. He started out of necessity last year. But, yeah. you know, if we don't have anyone better than Tay Crowder, I don't know what to say. I mean, you would hope that we've upgraded enough, you know, through the draft. My thing with with um, McFadden though is like he's he's kind of like Blake. Like, no, yes, he does have better coverage, better coverage attributes, but he's not a great coverage linebacker. Mage, he's very slow. He's not very <laughs> agile. I, I I just like that was kind of my question mark. Like I know McFadden was very hyped up because we needed the linebacker position, but for me, it's like he's like more of the same of what we already have. So I'm trying to figure out with you guys who that guy is that's that's lanky and, and, and can cover. And I mean, I go back to my last year's summer and who I wanted to be our dark horse. And Cam Brown's that guy. He can fucking cover and he's lanky. But, like, I don't think we have that guy on the roster. I really don't. I think, you know, I, a lot of us are hopeful this year that we're going to be better than we've been. And, you know, the bar set really low for that to happen. But I think we got to look at this more of a two to three year project because the players that we need are still out there, you know, they're still in college. So, you know, I'm optimistic they'll be better this year, but there's still some areas on, on the team that I, I'm a little worried about. And I would say linebacker, especially in the interior is something I'm concerned about. Uh, Murph, I want to come back to you because uh, you were shaking your head about the front three. So what were you shaking your head about with the nose tackle position? Jelly's the nose tackle, man. Dexter is not a nose tackle. I never said that Dexter. I said Dexter would play the end and then maybe Nick Williams at nose. Oh, yeah. Well, I could see that too. Hi, Murph. Thanks for joining the show 28 minutes in. No, I just – I kind of wanted to touch on Dexter a little bit, like this whole notion that he's going to be a note, not saying you said this, but like there's a lot of people out there that, oh, just throw Dexter in the middle. He's huge. Dude, 
we gotta bite the bullet on it. He's he is a big guy, but he's a fucking end. He doesn't move like his his size, right? Like he's he's a little bit more athletic than what his size shows. He's not just not going to be our nose tackle that we hope that he could be Dalvin's replacement. He's not, especially if you're going to look to stop the run. He's a tweener. In my mind, he's a tweener, and and yeah. that was my issue with him when he was drafted. Is that he's not, you know, he's not he's he, he's good, but he's not going to be a difference maker. And I think they should have. My opinion, they 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 gave him the the fifth year. I wouldn't have done it. I would have let him go because I think he's replaceable. I I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's. Well, I I think the issue is what it costs to keep him, versus what it would cost to replace him. Yeah, I know there is a. It, you're right on that. It is well. I mean, he's not a pocket pusher either. Like he's not going to even do that. Nick Williams and Ellis are our pocket pushers, in my opinion. Those are the guys that are going to get pressure on the quarterback. They're not probably not going to rack up sacks. But from an end position, Dexter can stop the run. Oh, I I totally agree. I just I guess my point is Dexter is a full time D end in this defense from now. Like, there's no putting Dexter at nose. Would y'all agree with that? Uh, his, uh, well, I don't know because it's different packages, right? I mean, Spagnolo did it with the NASCAR package. Well, if you're putting four men on the, on the line, sure, I understand that. But if we're having three men on the line, you're not putting Dexter in the middle. Well, you could, especially if you put, let's say, Jihad Ward at the other defensive end position. You got Aziz and uh, Thibodeau lined up. Five guys on the line, go get the quarterback. Why wouldn't you put Dexter at the nose? Okay, fair. Situationally, I, I can see that. You're right. I think Jihad Ward's going to get a lot of time. I mean, that's just something I think, you know, Wink is good. Think is familiar with him. I think he's going to get a lot of time, and I think it's good to have someone who knows the defense to come in and, and you know help these guys who are you know readjusting to a different type schematically a defense that's going to be much more aggressive, you know. And I'm like I try to warn people, it's going to be rough at first. People, it's going to take a little bit of an adjustment for these guys to to get used to this because you know. Who do you think Jahad Ward gets the playing time over? <sighs> I don't know. I think he's going to get rotated in. I, I mean, I would say probably over Dexter Lawrence. I think Lawrence is going to be more. I don't see Lawrence in the middle. I know some people may see him. I see him more on being opposite of Leonard Williams. You know, in the other spot. I think they're. I think they're going to rotate in and out depending on situation. You know, I. I don't know. I, I really don't. But I'm just. This is from now. This is what I think they're going to do. But it could obviously change. Well, and I also want to go on record. Like, I'm not bashing Dexy here. Like, he's a good football player. He's just not what our fan base expected him to be. Like, I mean, in my opinion, everybody thought that, oh, well, Dalvin can walk. We have Dexter. And that's just, like, not – that's not it, man. I mean, that's, he's not Dalvin Tomlinson. It is what it is. I mean, but this team I'm done still this. picking up his option. I'm still picking up his option. Or I'm still resigning him. If he's willing to, absolutely. But I mean, I mean, we got a lot to worry about next year. I mean, we just need to get this season started. <laughs> I'm not worried about signing guys for next year. What they're going to cost? We could save the uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Dexter Lawrence talk. Uh, I'm not ready to get into that yet. Uh, you know, it's been an unbearable couple of years. Uh, social media amongst Giants fans has been unbearable for the last two years. It's just, honestly, man, I'm just at a point where I'm tired talking about it. I'm done. Like, I just, let's just see the product on the field. Uh, again, 
uh, I, I probably sound like a broken record, but last year I was most decided to see the team because of the coaching regime. Well, you know what? Joe Judge is gone. <laughs> and again, this year, I'm most excited to see this team because of the coaching regime. I think yeah. the change is good. The most notable uh, change that we have, we didn't even mention because we haven't been on, but Chris Mara was demoted. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, they took him out. And uh, that just goes to show that Joe Shane has uh, – you know, Carp Blanche here with the New York Giants, he's going to be allowed to make some of these moves. And I like that because, you know what, bring in people, bring them in. Um, we still haven't really seen yet, probably won't for a little bit, but Tierney's effect on Daniel Jones. Um, I'm kind of hoping that Mike Kafka will be calling plays from the booth. I don't want him down on the sideline. Let Tierney do that, right? That's what Tierney's job's supposed to be. Uh, he'll probably be the quarterback coach, maybe assistant. Uh, let him do that stuff. I, I need a guy in the booth that can be able to see all, all, every part of the field. And that was the one thing that burned my ass with Jason Garrett was that he was down on the sideline calling plays. And I don't think you can do that. It's hard to see blown coverages on certain plays. You're not going to be able to see what certain guys on defense bit, uh, you know, for on a certain fake, this, that, or the other thing. It allows you to make those in-game adjustments that the Giants were so bad at doing last year. They were awful, man. So yeah, I mean, agree 100%. Where you want to go next, CG? Well, what do you think is the five keys to training camp? I have a, a good I have a good five right here. Do you, do you want to go first, or do you want me to let you know what I think? I'll feed off of you. You go ahead. Okay, so the first one I believe is the biggest, and that is players staying healthy. You know, if – the Giants suffer any major injuries in, in training camp, it's going to really hurt them, especially, you know, with all the pressure, you know, on Jones right now and, and this team who, who is really has not had a good start in a long time. They need to come out of training camp without any major injuries. What do you think on that? <laughs> no, I, I agree. I totally agree. Yeah, I don't think there's much really to add to that. I mean, I, there's I, no I denying. <laughs> I alluded yeah. to the injuries earlier. I mean, they, they need to stay healthy. Okay, yeah. And, and I think um, another important key that we're going to see is how fast the offense and the defense can adjust to, to, you know, the new schemes with Martindale and Kafka. You know, I think as a Giants fan, my hope is that when we get to week one down in Tennessee, that the Giants are, are in a position where the players on both sides of the ball are familiar enough to know what to do. You know, I – I know we go back to the, the years of, of Spagnolo. It took a while for the defense to really key into his sort of schemes on defense. And I, I, I'm not saying that Martindale's schemes are, are similar to Spagnolo's in ways that they, they probably are with the blitzes, even though it's a totally different 3-4-4-3. Three, four, four, three. But I just hope, for, from my perspective, that these players can come in and in the three preseason games learn enough and become more of a co cohesive unit, which it seems like even, you know, from a, from a personality chemistry perspective, based on some of the things I've read, it seems like the cohesion is improving. So we'll, we'll see in the next couple of weeks. I, I would totally agree with you. Um, I'm not worried about the defense. Like I said earlier, they're gonna, they're gonna struggle, but for me, um, and you mentioned this earlier as well, 
offense has got to get a fast start and we got to get a fast start as a team. And that starts, unfortunately, in today's day and age on the offensive side of the ball. Um, that offensive install is probably, in my opinion, the most important piece of training camp um, behind the offensive line gelling. Those are my top two for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we can't get off the ground offensively, it's probably going to be a slow start. Yeah. And that's another point I have is that Jones needs to have a very strong camp because he needs to take a strong camp into that first game against Tennessee, because there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure on him. And, you know, some people just don't care. They, they, they're done with him and they want him gone. But for this team to be successful in 2022, he needs to come in. And I know we've talked about this. He needs to have, I believe, and this is just me. I don't know about you guys. He needs to start at least two and two, preferably three and one in those first four games, just to get a good taste in everyone's mouth. Because I can tell you right now, though, if the Giants somehow go 0-3, <laughs> it's going to be a miserable, another miserable year. So Jones needs to have a strong what? camp, and he has to carry the team. And, and there's no more excuses right now. He has to actually win some games that people expect us not to win. And, and it starts. What with if, what if the Giants go 0-3 and, and over that three-game span, Daniel Jones has 927 yards passing, nine touchdowns and one interception? What can you do? I mean, at that point, you know, if it's, if it's the defense, which it could quite possibly be, like I said, the team may be adjusting. You know, it may take them a little while. There might be a lot of 20, it might, might be a lot of 75 yard bombs, you know, based on, you know, cornerbacks who aren't used to the new scheme. I don't know. I forgot what it was in 2020, but I think we lost, what, four games by five points or less. It was something to that nature. Mm-hmm. So w- what if it's just something like that, right? Because you said that Daniel Jones has to come out hot. But the one thing that you said, is something that we've seen on social social media. It's not just about the stats. No, it has to also be the wins, right? So, but what if they go over three? And like I said, nine hundred twenty-seven yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. That would mean he's averaging three hundred yards a game, three touchdowns, and what would that be? Point three interceptions per game. I don't so, think it would be good enough. I mean, based on his fan base, I mean, he could put up 15 touchdowns in three games. I mean, they, they See, that's the problem. That, that's the fucking problem right there. Because here's my rebuttal to that. Weeks one through four last year, what was the Giants record? Was it, I think it was, wasn't it 0-3 or 1-2? One 1-4, one right? Beat the yeah. Saints week four, right? Mm-hmm. Week three. Yeah, so, regardless, it was one win. Three, it was one win or zero wins. Regardless, you said through the first four weeks, and then you said one and four, so that's five. Man. One, in, I think so. They got their first win actually, probably week five. Saints. Regardless, they won one game or Plus zero games in the first four weeks last year. Who was the top five quarterback in the league first four weeks? Of the he season? was. Who was? His name was Daniel Jones. So. This whole fucking thing about wins and Daniel Jones' success is bullshit to me. If the stats are there, he's worthy. There's the argument that he can be the garbage man like Blake Bortles. That's fine. Danny wasn't a garbage man week one through four last year, so I don't expect that to happen this year. So in my opinion, sure, they're going to cry. They're going to say it's Danny's fault. 
But if the Giants go 0-4 and, and Danny has those stats, no. That's not Danny's fault. Well, I don't. I think if they go 0-3 and, and Daniel Jones has those stats, I don't think he gets replaced. But, I mean, it's possible that his seat gets hotter to, uh, you know, CGF's point. So I, I know a lot of people say that he just has to elevate the team. I mean, I don't know how you do that, especially – with the offensive line that he had last year, the crew that he had last year, you know, you just have to elevate. Well, you know, that's the problem that I have with some fans is that they claim to be objective, but you don't look at things from a holistic point of view. You're looking at things short-sighted. Everything's at, about the quarterback, man. Right. I mean, if there are other things that go into it. There are numerous factors that go into, you know, determining wins and losses. Football is the only sport in the world where there are 22 players on the field at one time. 11 for one team, 11 for another. Right? Oh, wait. Yeah. Just and that's not, not even talking about the coaching. It's not talking about yeah. the coaching. You know, I mean, a lot, a wait, lot of people. Uh, think uh, wait, uh, now I, I got to ask, uh, ask CGF this because I don't think that uh, Murph would know. How many in soccer? 11 total, right? No. All right. Well, anyway, you get my point. What's up, Taj? Taj, Taj. He's 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 on the, he's 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 checking us out. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, I, I, no, is, but seriously, it, I mean, honestly, if for Daniel Jones, it there's I there's no way that you're going to be able to appease any fans that wants Daniel Jones gone this year. It just doesn't matter. Daniel Jones can go out. He could throw for 5,100 yards, 40 touchdowns, five interceptions. And if the Giants go four in, what, 13? They're going to want him gone anyway, even though he yeah. wasn't the problem. So, well, And that's what drives me nuts, guys, is like we just changed staffs again. Just changed staffs again. And I'm sorry, but, like, the O-line is probably not going to gel immediately. It's going to take some time. It's going to take time. And it's just going to be Danny's fault. And it really sucks that it has to be that way. So the only thing that can change that is the Giants get off a hot start, right? I mean, it's a must. It has to happen. I mean, in my mind, three and one, worst worst two and two. You know, if they can win that first game, it's going to be a tall order. But if they can go in in Nashville and win that game – I think you can kind of maybe calm people down a little bit. You'll still have people who don't want him as quarterback, but you win that first game and then you have Carolina week two, which keep in mind, I don't know what we're getting with Baker Mayfield. I mean, he may come in there and be pissed off and put go go crazy. I don't know. I mean, Carolina doesn't really scare me, but you know, this team has this is the same team that lost to Atlanta Falcons last year at home. So I mean I just hope this team can go two and two or three and one through the first four games, you know, through the first quarter post of the season and have something for us to be happy about as we go into the, the fall. Because I tell you right now, oh, and four or one and three, it's going to be a nightmare. No, you're right. I mean, that's just the way that it is. This fan base has dug their heels in in terms of their opinions. I mean, they got what they wanted this offseason. Uh, you know, a lot of fans want Dave Kettleman gone. They wanted Joe Judge gone. They got that. Um, and, you know, and John Merritt does listen to the fans. But, again, I think the tide is a turning. Hire Joe Shane. I think Joe Shane has carte blanche. 
And uh, we've seen that. Again, we talked about it with Chris Mara uh, being demoted. So uh, also watching the Mets game here, too. So oh. my reactions. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I hate to, hate to use this talk about baseball for a second, but can you imagine if it's a Subway Series this fall, how crazy New York will be again? I mean, I remember the last one, but, you know, it, it, I hope you think things are bad now with the Giants fan base. Just imagine if that happens. I mean, I, I would love it just for New York by itself. Yeah, I mean, man, you know, it, it, it would be man. it would be nice for the area, but so. Um, you, go ahead. What do you think as as we look at training camp? What players do you guys think are potential breakout players? Who do you think is going to have a really good camp? Murph, that's a good question. Uh, well, I was really high on Bellinger. I mean, obviously, and I still am, um, but that might not be a, necessarily a good camp. Um, I kind of expect Tony. I, I kind of do. Um, if Tony's for real, he's going to have a, an explosive camp because he dealt with a lot of BS shit last, shit last year. And if he wants to shut his people up, Tony's going to be good. Um, you know, we need that badly, but you know, I don't know. I don't, that's a good question. I haven't really thought about that CGF. Um, mm. I'm actually Wandel. I'm trying to stay away from the rookies because, like, I have yeah. some expectations there. I'm trying to – you know what? Here's my guy. This is my fucking guy on the roster anyways. Love. I, I think Julian Love is going to have a good year this year. And I think that he's going to submit himself as the starting safety in camp. It's, right. it's for the taking. It's right there. So. Yep. Yep. And I think he can do it. And, and my, in my opinion, he's – one of the smartest players on the roster, and he gives 110% every single rep. So we're doing breakout or most excited to see? Just like uh, either or, you know, wherever who you think is going to break out or All even. Right, so the play, I mean, honestly, there's a few players I'm excited to see. Um, excited to see, I'm going to say Saquon. I'm going to say Wondell. I'm going to say Tibbs, obviously. Uh, Neil, I'll throw in there, right? All, all, all the new guys. I, I, I'm excited to see how they fit in because some of these weren't popular picks either. Uh, Wondell Robinson in the second wasn't a popular pick uh, with some of the guys that were on the board there. Uh, some fans wanted George Pickens. Uh, we went with the smaller receiver and Wondell Robinson. Um, breakout player. I have one. All right, go ahead. I'll, I'll come back. Aaron Robinson. I, you took. I, I was. I, was <laughs> all right. I, think he, I think he's gonna have a really good camp. You took Robinson from me. That was. I, I was trying to think of multiple. Robinson was definitely one. Um. You know, I'm gonna come back to my point. I'm gonna say McFadden. Tosh thinks Dex is gonna have a breakout. He might. You know, I'm not very high on him right now, but you know. He, Contract he, here, you know he he's working towards that. So you know we need him to play play you know above average to you know Pro Bowl caliber level, which he hasn't really done. I mean it would be be good to see him do that. If Dex can play at the level of Leo every single snap, I mean Tibbs and and Ojolari are gonna have a pretty easy life. I have this feeling Tibbs is is going to really surprise a lot of people. I know people are saying he's probably one of the, 
the people that probably will win defensive rookie of the year. But I have a feeling that he's going to have a re- like a really good season for us. I, I mean, I'm excited about that. So <laughs> I'm excited. About they got him projected to have seven sacks. I, I got him more. By the way, all right, let's do a quick exercise. We got a little bit of time here. Okay. The most sacks that the Giants ever had as a team was 68. Mm. I believe it was in 1986, I want to say. Might have been so. I forget what year it was. But the most the most sacks as a team is 68. Does this team come close to that? Mm, I think they get in the 50s. I think they get in the 50s. I don't think they're going to make it that far. I I think there will be a lot of sacks. I think we're probably going to give up a little more points than we did last year, but I actually think we will get to the quarterback if people stay healthy, obviously. Personally, I think that um, Thibodeau and Aziz combined for 22. Yeah. If I had money and I was going to go go on um, and and make a bet on that, I'd take that bet because I think you're right. I think they're both going to do plus 10 this year. Since you just said that, I actually have to go back on my breakout player, Ellerson Smith. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. Oh, Cop Bizzle. Cop Bizzle's in the house. Oh, daddy. Wow. Wait, where's, where's my shades? I have shades here somewhere. Oh, fuck. I left mine downstairs. <laughs> no, Bizzle's. What's up, I want to go back to that, though. I want to go back to that. Go um, ahead. So, yeah. And it's because of an interview I just listened to um, with Blake Martinez. Uh, he feels like Ellerson Smith's most talented athlete on the entire roster. He there thinks that go. he can do it all. Big Blue in the Bronx is in the house, too. <laughs> My boy, go Yankees. <laughs> Fuck Juan Soto trade. I'm mad at you about that, by the way. Um, but, yeah, Ellerson Smith, man. Uh, Blake Martinez was talking him up big time. He didn't get many opportunities last year. And for Blake to say he's the most athletic guy on the roster is pretty insane to me. That guy's um, the guy has See, the, thing, the thing is, though, too, I, I think he's going to have one of those hybrid roles, kind of like Jihad Ward. I think he's going to be one of those rotational guys. I, I don't think that. And Aziz that's good. Can, that's fine. No, I agree with you. I don't think uh, Aziz and Thibodeau are going to play 100% of the snaps. Nor do I think they should. Right? No, when, you have, when, you have guys, when you have guys like Jihad Ward and you have guys like Ellison Smith, again, contingent upon how they develop. When you have guys like that, it's good to keep your guys, your starters fresh. Keep them fresh. This way they can last. So this way, oh, man, I went back and I actually um, was having a conversation with someone um, about basically playing tough in the division. And somebody said, oh, well, we were blown out uh, five of the games plus by 15 plus points. Yeah, but when you look at those half at the halftime stats, we were either tied or down by no less than six. It was the yeah, second we, half adjustments that other teams made that we didn't that created those 15-point deficits at, uh, on the final score. I think Kobe we had a tracker at one point. How many games we lost in the second half? That Washington game still kills there me. There was one with the two minutes. How many points that we uh, uh, other opponents scored in two minutes? From the I, amount of time I've known you, how many times have we blown it in the second half? Seriously. It's a very serious question. It's like every Sunday. I mean, the answer is very bad. You you don't even want to know it. That Washington game killed me last year. That was horrible. 
Well, the thing is, again, that Ben don't break mentality. So with Wink's defense, he's going to be aggressive from the first quarter through the fourth quarter. So if you're going to be that aggressive, what do you need to have? You better have fucking guys that can rotate on this defense. Yeah, and you can't be afraid. And and that's what goes back to what McKinney was saying and what other people were saying is that I feel like the last two years, the Giants, the coaching staff was playing – Afraid they were afraid they were making the players scared by saying, Oh, you make a mistake. Oh, it's you, and we're gonna go get you know. Hopefully, that mentality is out the window. Hopefully, we'll go into a carefree type of team that you know, we're gonna open it up, we're gonna open up the defense, we're gonna open up the offense, and I think that will hopefully lead to more wins. You know, as we get into fourth quarter, you know, a blitz comes off the edge, you get a fumble, strip stat, strip sack, fumble, you know, recovery, and the Giants win the game. Instead of this, like you said, Ben, but don't break defense where you're watching, you're sitting in your living room at like 325 on a Sunday. And you're like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's happened so many times with this team over the last couple of years. It is time for, you know, for the Giants to get back to old Giants defense. Like we were talking about the 1980s. I, those teams, you know, they were always blitzing. They were always putting pressure on even back with, with the two championship runs, you know, in the late. 2000s early in 2011 those teams put pressure on on people so i'm ready for that that's one thing i'm really excited about uh pull up that comment there by taj because i think that's a good point with oh the one down there yep yeah i i think this is a good point there taj i you know just the pressures alone will create opportunities for a secondary which i you know what we're gonna have to lean on because I think, again, the weakest part of this Giants defense might be the secondary, all linebacking core, too. But I, I think you can disguise that, especially if you have a good front seven with the pressure that we just talked about that, you're, that you'll probably get from Ellis and Smith. Kapizzo, thanks for uh, subscribing, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it, it, I, I think that this is a really good point. If you can get pressure from the front seven, you're going to create those turnover opportunities. And he's right. Xavier McKinney, X-Men, the new X-Men, might, <laughs> might end up uh, being a huge beneficiary of that, playing uh, you know, safety back there. Let's stay on that subject. Xavier McKinney is just going to be a huge piece, period. I mean, if he could stay healthy. You, you can talk about pressures with Tibbs and Ojolari getting it and him being back there in the, in the backfield, but my man's going to be blitzing again. And he said that in that article that we talked about earlier, CGF. I mean, he's going to get back to the basics that he was doing at Alabama. And when we brought him in, if if you guys remember correctly, I mean, there was a little confusion because he kind of played a lot like Jabril. Like, I mean, they put him up at the line of scrimmage a lot at, at Bama. He was more of a strong – or obviously still a strong safety, but he was obviously blitzing a lot more back then. And we didn't see that in Graham's defense because we didn't, couldn't put Logan Ryan back there. He's too old. And uh, I think McKinney's going to be all over the damn field. He's going to be like a rocket. He's going to be like a heat-seeking missile, I think. I I think the one thing I look look at this next season and it's the biggest question, question that I have is you look at these players. You look at Aziz. You look at Thibodeau. You look at McKinney. Even on the offensive side of the ball, you look at Daniel Jones, what he's shown us in, in, in glimpses, Saquon Barkley, Galladay, both Wandell and Tony. This team could be really good. And I'm not, I know some people are, are saying, oh, you know, six wins, five wins, seven wins tops. 
this team does with this revamped offensive line, which they have, you know, I think there's a big thing to look at is that this team actually has an offensive line. Now you have two bookend tackles who, you know, I don't know what Neil's going to do, but based on what he's done in college, it's, it's, it's a substantial improvement, you know, and we're not talking about Nate soldier anymore. We actually have a right tackle. And then you bring in Mark Glowinski next to him. And then you, you have, obviously you have to decide what to do at left guard. Are you going to have Max Garcia? Are you going to have Lemieux? And then you have Feliciano at center. That offensive line has a chance to be a top 10, top five, you know, once they, they meld together. So I am really excited to see how this team, see how this all turns out. Yeah, it could be another six-win season or it could be something special. I don't know. but Can we we'll stay see. on O-line for a minute? Because I'm, I'm very worried about the O-line. Well, you're the one with the time limit. Well, I'm good because I've been drinking. Um, but uh, – <laughs> threw me off now here but dude i'm i'm one of the guys that's that's kind of out there on this but i'm i'm pretty worried about the o-line still um massive question at center in my opinion still feliciano is a placeholder 100 in my opinion and uh unless josh azuda can step up or shane can return to form at that left guard spot i don't Really think we have anything there. Max Garcia is complete dog shit, in my opinion. But you also um, forgot they also drafted McEwen. On the same time, on the same, well, he's probably going to be more of a right guard, right tackle, in my opinion, right? So, but the the one thing that we're going in with that we kind of lacked previous years is we have depth on the offensive line. We have depth, but we have no front leader, in my opinion, at left guard or center. We have placeholders. I and Josh I have to disagree Zuda. with you. I I think we don't know That's, yet. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I we, we, a couple years ago, where you basically had guys who were you know supermarket clerks playing center, and you had um, you know Nate Soldier who was who's not you know capable of playing right right tackle. I think we're in a better position, and I Glowinski is really good. You know, oh, right guard. Is a freak. I, not worried about you right guard. On the same side, I mean, there's no reason why we can't be getting, you know, four yards of carry <laughs> on the right side. I mean, this team should be able to move the ball, and, you know, Daniel Jones should have a little more protection. Honestly, here, here's here's what would make me feel better. If Nick Gates can play, if Nick Gates can return back to form, I would rather put Nick Gates at left guard. Yeah. And – Honestly, I would I would probably rather cross train Shane Lemieux at center. I, I mean, I, I from my understanding, I thought that that was going to be the original plan when we drafted Shane Lemieux. Mm-hmm. But I I think Nick Gates looked really good next to Thomas for the little bit that he did. Um, I think Nick Gates can be a really good left guard, assuming everything you know works out with the leg. But and then if you need to, you have other people that can step in. Zudu, they cross training as well um, to play multiple positions. So he's another person that you could look at that they're going to be able to move and fill in on that offensive line. So they do have pieces here. I'm not too worried about the offensive line. Um, if there was any concern on the offensive line for me, it'd be with the development. Right. Correct. So what CG said was, yeah, we drafted Evan Neal. We know what Evan Neal supposed to be, 
but can he be that at the NFL level? Yeah. And then, again, can Andrew Thomas continue to improve? We saw improvement out of Andrew Thomas last year. This is a new offensive line coach, new regime. Will he continue to develop under this new regime? That's something that we want to also see out of uh, Andrew Thomas. And then Glowinski. I mean, Glowinski is a veteran. Uh, he's not a world beater at right tackle, but he's probably the best that we've had in quite some time, though. Um, he's a, he's a top 15 guard for sure. I mean, that, that really just leaves you with the two other positions, left guard and center. I'll tell you what. Is that I, I, I rather, <laughs> I'd rather have – well, I'd rather have two problems on the offensive line instead of four. Uh, bro, I'm just talking here as a Giants fan. I'm not bashing anyone. I'm I'm weary of center and left guard still because that's fair. But last last year, the only the only thing we had on the offensive line was Andrew Thomas. Yeah. We needed a new left guard. We needed yeah. a new center. But we I, needed I, a new right guard. We needed a new right tackle. At least this year, again, I'd rather worry about two positions on the offensive line, Murph, as opposed to four. Totally with you, man. Just just talking Giants football here. That's that's all. And I'm totally with you. We're in a we're definitely in a a better state for sure. But in my opinion, we 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 don't have a center, um, and we have a lot of options at left guard. Here's my concern. Besides, you know what we have in Thomas, in in you know Neil. One of those guys goes down. We're we're relying on Matt Gano. Yeah, man. Yeah, and like. Don't even want to go down there, but you're right. We have no tackle depth either. Yeah, and and that's my player. Hold on, I'm going back. Give me that kid on on the program that OCU Minora scouted. I think that guy's going to be a beast. You're talking about the Nigerian? uh, I forgot his name. Is it like Nbukwe or something? I'm not even going to try to pronounce it because I would just butcher it. But, I mean, he's a mammoth. Yeah. What? uh, How big is he? I think he's I still I still believe in Bredesen too, but this guy's name oh he's not on the active roster because he's the international. Hold on. Bredesen went to my local high school, by the way. Believe it or not. So Bredesen, in my opinion, is going to be the backup center. Um, well, I looked this up on other dude. Um, Bredesen, in my opinion, is going to win the backup center job. They had him snapping at OTAs. Obviously, it was because of shortages, but I don't see another center besides maybe Max Garcia. You know, another person we need to talk about when talking about depth on this offensive line was Matt Pert. Yeah, he's, he's still recovering. He might come back towards the end of the season. I, I mean, that's that's a possibility. I don't know what they're going to do with them. I mean, there were some rumblings last year that they were going to move him into guard. I, I, I still think he's going to stay at tackle, but I mean, who knows? Who knows what you got there? I mean, not, we haven't not seen a bad much. problem to have. Yeah. So his name's Roy Imbatekiaga or something. He's six. Why that's dumb? You click on it and it takes his attributes away. He is. Would you be a Roy? Man, he's just going to start bitching. Murph can't even look so Roy Tika. Yeah, so he's 320 pounds. He's 6'9". Hmm. It's like a Mackay Becton size almost. It's a big dude. Big guy. And the he, thing is, too, he, I mean, 
you say 320, he doesn't look anywhere close to 320 because of his 6'9 frame. But um, which, but two, he's, I think he has the potential to be what they thought Matt Pert would be for this team. People are also forgetting about Jameel Douglas, too, that Shane signed. You know, he's a he's a journeyman. And there's oh, always people. Shit, I didn't even know he was in too. Buffalo, too. I mean, there's always people they'll pick up in camp, too. You know, there's people who get caught at the end of training camp. You yeah. know, there's always a little shuffling that go, that happens at the last moment. So, I mean, what? By no means this this roster is is solidified yet. Uh, Taj also said Evan Neal, even with the rookie mistakes, still better than fifty percent of right tackles and a hundred times better than Nate Solder. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt. Wait, I, it, I have it, absolutely no worries about the left tackle or the. Is Cop Pistol still in here? Is Nate Solder still come back player of the year? Where oh, Cop? Show yourself. Come on, Cop. <laughs> I think he's back up in, in Massachusetts now. Taj called him Nate Boulder. <laughs> Turnstile man. Um, God, I don't know. I, I mean, at least Derek Flowers is long gone and, you know, he yeah. might actually have a good offensive line again. Enough of a line, though. Let's, let's talk tight end for a second, then we're, we're going to get off here because I'm making an executive decision. But – Ricky Seals, Jones, and Akins. I don't think they're impressing very much. You know, they're, they're bringing in Ebron. Obviously, the hype around uh, Austin Allen and and uh, Bellinger. And I, dude, I like Andre Miller. Maybe I'm biased because I saw him play in college, but dude was a beast wide receiver at one double A. But I don't know, man. I don't. What Akins and Ricky Seal Jones are cut candidates, in my opinion. Well, I think based on what I've heard about, and it depends on how much of this offense is a Kansas City prototype or a Buffalo prototype or a mixture of both. Those types of offenses, especially the Buffalo offense, likes to use wide receivers more than tight ends, even though you know Dawson Knox was part incorporated in the Buffalo scheme. I I still think you know Seals Jones it can be a good contributor to this team. I also think that uh, Bellinger might turn out to be one of the big surprises if he's, if he gets on the field, but you know, I, I, I'm like I said a little bit before, I, I believe this team is going to bring in more players, you know, if, if they become available. So let's just see what happens, I guess. Yeah. I think ultimately I, I think Bellinger, Daniel Bellinger's the guy that will end up assuming the tight end one role because he's kind of a hybrid. He, we got rid of Caden Smith, uh, Daniel Bellinger, who I want to keep calling Cody. Uh, you know, he, he kind of fits that do it all type of tight end. He can block, he can pass catch. He's athletic enough to make plays in an open field, uh, run seam routes, etc. I, I I think that's what they're looking at him for. I don't think they necessarily have that in some of these other guys on the roster, right? Ricky Seal Jones, Akins, um, Austin Allen, Andre Miller. A lot of these guys are missing one element. I, I think that Daniel Bellinger is kind of a complete tight end. I think that's the way the Giants see him as well. Um, but absolutely, it, it, they're going to push. If they can bring in a guy like Eric Ebron on you know, a vet salary minimum or whatever it might be, they're going to do so. Um, and it doesn't hurt to have him here, right? I mean, worst case. Yeah. 
all it does is add depth to this team again, which we've talked about with the injuries. So I'm all for it. I mean, if they want a pass catcher tight end, I mean, go ahead and bring him Ebron, and he could challenge Seal Jones. Did you guys see that uh, that uh, Evan Ingram in his first practice had a drop pass? <laughs> yeah. Where? I, uh, I actually I'm commented sorry, on though, about Bellinger, though. <laughs> I know y'all are, too. I commented under that, and um, it's got some traction today, but I said Giants fans, and they said pretends to be shocked. <laughs> Evan Ingram's going to have a massive fantasy year, and everyone's going to be like, oh, he's back. But he's still going to make tons of mistakes that. that no one sees like that. Tons of drops. So, mm. okay. I'm, I'm stoked about Bellinger because, to me, Bellinger just reeks Kevin Boss. That's what Bellinger reeks. I think like, that's I think traditional that might be his, NY guy. That might be his floor. He might even be better at I don't want to get too excited because I haven't seen yeah. him play so I mean, I, I'm not I even like comparing him like talent wise. I'm just saying like game wise, yeah. he's a block first tight end that, like May said, is going to run some routes. I mean, honestly, I mean, it, people forget, but George Kittle first couple of years in the league, he wasn't the George Kittle that he is today. I mean, so but let this kid develop. I, I, I again, I don't want to say that's a player confident Daniel Bellinger, but why the hell not? You know, Bavaro, Shockey. It's about time we get another big, big end, you know, big tight end. It's been a well, while. We need it. We need it. And it helps a struggling quarterback so, so much. I mean, again, I know Dawson Knox is a little different, but, like, he was still the fourth option on that team. Third option at best. It especially and helps with those check downs like, when the quarterback gets in yeah, trouble. And I mean, Got a like, pass catcher that's also in blocking. Exactly. Closer to the line. So if he needs to dump it off, he's going to look for that tight end if that tight end's close to the line. Worst case scenario, a uh, five yard loss turns into a five yard gain. So that's called Eli Ball. Eli <laughs> loved his damn tight end. Like Eli and Big Ben love their tight ends. Like, we'll save Eli for another day. But before we close out here, though, you guys have any final remarks, any comments? Not really. Thanks for everybody that tuned in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank you. Honestly, for the first stream, we're certainly appreciative. Thank you for everybody that subscribed to Kapizzle, Taj. Thank you for this uh for subscribing. Uh thank you everybody for tuning in. This was our first show on the YouTube as a Giants report. And we're gonna probably continue as so we're gonna probably continue to put out Tuesday streams and then uh, we'll follow up with the podcast. The podcast isn't going away. It'll just be an audio version of what you tune into here. So I want to thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is a Giants Report signing off.